No, hold on. Sorry, that's the Lion King. What? Huh? Welcome to the Whovian Review. I'm Michael. I'm Shelby. I'm Colin. I'm Kelsey. And tonight we're going straight into the Christmas Invasion, which is, of course, the next episode directly after Christopher Eccleston leaves us. So, David Tennant's first episode. Hey, hey, hey. And right before Christmas, aren't we timely? I know, right? And Almost as if we had a TARDIS at our disposal. I know, right? <laughs> so what do you think about Santa killers with flamethrowers, machine guns, and... And blasting guns. I mean, those were like the creepiest Santa masks. Those I are. It, I think it validates all of my childhood fears of grown men dressed like Santa in malls. You know, watching you while you're sleeping and knowing when you're awake. All of that, plus you know the the whole brass orchestra of doom. <laughs> yeah, that haunted well. your dreams as a child. I, well, it does now. <laughs> I am still a child at heart. At least the Santas in the malls don't have metal faces, though. Yeah, that's true. And they don't typically have guns, as far as I know. Yeah, generally their trombones aren't uh, flamethrowers. One would hope not. No, definitely not. But yeah, that's kind of how we open this up with the with them coming down and kind of terrorizing Mickey and. Well, uh, I don't know. We kind of open it up with the TARDIS terrorizing the town. Well, yeah, sort of. He's he's crash landing, which is kind of a segue from the regeneration. Yeah, which he tends to do a lot at one regenerating his crash. Yeah, you need to relearn yourself, you know, relearn how to fly things, relearn what your fashion sense is, you know, if you like fish fingers and custard, or if you're more of a, you know, fez-wearing kind of a guy, these things need to be hashed out. Even though the, those are both things that the same guy actually did. Well, you know, you still need to figure these things out. Well, but, I think, yeah, he didn't have his permanent hand yet, so maybe... Hamilton is good at driving. Well, it was supposed to be his permanent hand, but more importantly, the regeneration is so explosive that it actually kind of veers the TARDIS off course. And as and as you can tell from later on in the series, the regenerations get more and more explosive. Yeah, as as he reaches the end of his regeneration cycles. Yeah, and uh, but but also TARDIS. Well, yeah, and, and that that could be partially because he absorbed the time vortex in the previous episode. Okay, I, maybe this is jumping ahead too far, but what I thought was weird is he's like, everyone's like, oh yeah, these aliens came because the doctor's here and they want to like harvest his energy, but then like the TARDIS shows up and the doctor comes out and they're all like, who's this dude? Like, what's this mysterious blue box? And it's kind of like, well, isn't that why you came? Well, I think they came because of, like, the energy Yeah, source. they followed the energy signature know, to, like, know that there's some sort of advanced technology around. Because it's probably Artron energy, which is what you get from traveling in time. 
and what fuels the TARDIS so that you only get if you have time travel technology so they might have been attracted by the potential that Earth has that. And how disappointed they must have been when they finally arrived at Earth and found that nothing was really that advanced. (laughs) Except for a nice blue box. Well, that didn't come till later, though. And a big Torchwood gun. Yeah, that too. Torchwood, the, the, you know, start of Torchwood, or at least the first introduction that we've had to it. This is when Torchwood is first mentioned, yes. And uh, it's mentioned by the lovely Harriet Jones. We know who she is. (laughs) <laughs> who is now the Prime Minister of Great Britain, which kind of makes sense with what uh, followed from the Christopher Eccleston story, um, World War Three, because he says she's a, she's going to go on to become Prime Minister at some point. She's kind of a big deal now. Kind of, yeah, well, at least for this episode. <laughs> yeah, and then the, the doctor essentially, you know, ca- is, you know, working on causing her whole government's demise with... Don't you think she looks tired? Yeah, skipping ahead to the end here. (laughs) You know that's my favorite thing to do. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's kind of unfortunate. But okay. Um, I will... I have to mention um, one of my favorite characters, which is Danny Llewellyn, which I thought was one of the more realistic characters in Doctor Who. Could you explain who that is? He's the bearded guy who actually put the satellite that gets taken in by the Sekarax at the beginning up into orbit. And he puts, of course, the A-plus blood and music and all sorts of cultural and, and, Yeah, references. and he genuinely cares about his co-workers and tries to help them out. And, you know, he's yeah. like, oh, this is my fault. I'm going to take responsibility. He was a decent guy. And, and to have him be killed off in the manner that he was seemed to be kind of a waste because he could have become a character that was like a, a unit kind of... Uh, advisor of some kind. Speaking of which, we've got unit in here. Yes, uh, major. The majors in this, Major Blake. Interesting out of his death. The guy with a lot of potential, but not not much exposure to, um, you know, uh, otherworldly scavengers or the, the dark sides that the universe might present. But yeah, I mean, I think that that's kind of the point, though. I mean, I think everyone kind of felt more strongly about his death than, than the majors, which immediately followed because the major didn't have as much character development beforehand. Right. He was just kind of saying, well, obviously we're prisoners of war. You can't just destroy us, which that's not what the Sycorax were thinking. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, <laughs> But, I mean, the doctor also in his battle kind of, I feel like, cheated. He's like, oh, my hand gets cut off and my sword gets dropped. But Rose is allowed to, like, just throw him another sword? Well, yeah, but I guess that's kind of... Well, presumably he knows the rules of combat. And that that might be okay. It's similar also to kind of uh, the old-time sword fights where you, you didn't just kill someone without a sword because that was kind of... Un- it was not honorable. But I don't think you could... I think it was a different type of weapon, right, Or you would get or something. Like, you couldn't get... As good a weapon. Well, I don't know. Maybe in the Sycorax culture you can. Yeah, I don't know. They just, are aliens. Yeah. I mean, things. he clearly understood the rules of combat around that you know that they had. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he was like, do these rules of combat still apply? And they were like, yes. And I think, though, the one of the spookiest parts of this whole episode is when all the people go up to the roof. And you're not quite sure what the heck's going on until you until they actually again it's uh, Danny Llewellyn who realizes oh it's a positive blood people well, about probably approximately one third of the world yeah could you imagine just hanging out you know on Christmas Day or right around then and half of your family just walks up 
well, to the roof. I mean, well, I mean, the, 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 the other thing, too, is, like, I can understand it for some of the people. But some of them were, like, you know, it was the wives or whatever. And I feel like some of those husbands could have picked up their wives and children and carried them and strapped them down somewhere. Yeah. Well, well Brand, there's that a lot of happen. massive confusion, you know, you don't want to... Well, I mean, like, for instance, the uh, Mr. Llewellyn or whatever could have grabbed uh, what's-her-face? Sally. Sally and carried her down stairs. I mean, he clearly cared about her and had some knowledge that, you know, of what was going on and, you know... He presumably was strong enough to carry her. Well, I think the idea was that they also didn't want to hurt them because that was kind of mentioned by uh, Harriet Jones. She's like, well, be careful. You don't want to hurt her because they didn't know what was going on. Yeah, I know. But I feel like in that scenario, it would be like acceptable to knock those people out and to tie them down. Or like put some stuff at the bottom of the buildings like oh yeah good point I feel like in the real world it's not really a safe <laughs> yeah, gonna... option to knock people out I feel like that's uh, more so movie magic when you're running the list the risk of actually killing somebody you're doing permanent brain damage well yeah but you're, you've you got that risk versus some I mean like I can understand in general but like the people who were in that room who knew that this was being caused by the Sycorax aliens and were very clearly convinced that this was not a good thing well what if like you try and stop them and if they don't make it their head explodes or something I don't know that either oh that's true a lot of un- unintended you know potential consequences a lot of unknowns which I think is always, you know, uh, a theme of Doctor Who, at, le- at least when you're coming at it from a human perspective like we are. You're right. Like, I don't know what's going to happen when I hit this button. <laughs> I like the references to other science fiction in this story. Oh, my God. Yeah, the Hitchhikers yeah, reference. Yeah, Arthur Dent. You've got the Independence Day kind of motif for the spaceships coming into the Star atmosphere. Trek. Yeah, total Star Trek beat me up, Scotty. Yeah, they had they had a couple other references thrown Help in there. Help me, Doctor. You're my only hope. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, this was just... This they had fun with this episode. Yeah. And Plus, they bring they, the Lion King there. Yeah, for all real fans, they know it's you know actually set another planet far in the distant future. Right, exactly. Where animals talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is true. They tend, they they do tend to do that in Disney movies. Um, I think also uh, what was interesting was um, the killer Christmas tree. Ah, yeah. It was a little cheesy, and the graphic was pretty awful. But oh my god, and the total, like, cartoon Christmas tree, like, shaped hole in the wall. <laughs> yeah, that was totally cartoonish. But it did show that Mickey is actually starting to stand up and try and defend the people that are around him. Because he actually put a chair up, made sure that the others got out of the way first. And he actually was the one that researched what a pilot fish was, because that was the clue that the doctor gave them. These are pilot Although fish. he's always been good on jumping on the computer and doing stuff. Yeah, he makes some real efforts, for sure. But, I mean, he just seems to be a little bit more grounded in this episode. He's not as whiny. He's more just like, okay, let me see what I can do. He's had some experience with it. Now. Right, whereas yeah. Rose kind of took on a little bit of the whiny role. Yeah, she did. She kind of got a little annoying at parts, but not 
I mean, the, the actress is, is good at, you know, the whole sobbing thing. It's very realistic. Right, but yeah. the, you know, she did kind of whinge on a bit also. She did, but also, like I made the point earlier, is that she's dealing with the, a newly regenerated doctor. She's not understanding what's going on. Everything She feels like the person she knew is dead. And she's worried that he's not going to take her with him. And She's worried about a lot of things. Yeah. So at, you know, it, at I, the age of 19... I think it makes sense. I think she put oh, yeah, it, it, it totally makes sense. A <laughs> piper. Wait, what did she say? She played it as a, as a piper. Yeah. <laughs> is that a joke about her name? It could be, <laughs> however you'd like to take it. But in my experience, the actress's name is Billy Piper. By my the experience, way. the more you talk about jokes and the more you explain them, the less they land well. So uh, perhaps we shouldn't make this a, as a TARDIS landing. Like from this episode, we should just search forward. Okay. The other thing, um, uh, one of the overall themes with this episode being a lighthearted episode is that it had a lot of humor in it. And we've mentioned a few things. I just wanted to throw in the one where the Prime Minister basically tells the President of the United States off. She's like, well, he's not my boss, and we're not going to start a bloody war just because he wants to. But then yeah, she, but then uh, she proceeds to death. I know, and she blows up a retreating Exactly. Station. Well, that's humanity for you. We are the ones that basically a lot of a lot of other aliens need to look out for in the future. So visibly, you know, I mean, we're, we're a warrior race. What can we say? Are we going to send you our blood on a silver platter, or are we going to smash it into smithereens as soon as you're you know running away? Both. <laughs> Which, by the way, we actually do the blood thing. Definitely. It's a lot we do. Well, Colin, it is time to read. Oh man, ratings already. Well, this is a lot of is, nice stuff is coming together in this episode. We have a nice Christmas episode that always gets me in, in the cheery mood. You know, the first Christmas holiday. episode. Oh, the first Christmas Actually, episode no. of this era. No. Well, of this era, yes. The original first Christmas episode was back in 1966. And how come when I said the this was Dalek, the first Christmas episode, you said yes? The Dalek Master Plan. Well, it was. It's the first of the new series, but um, but when William Hartnell was the Doctor and Stephen Taylor was the companion, um, they actually bring Sarah Kingdom in the middle of the Dalek Master Plan to Earth at Christmas time. And they actually have a whole Christmas episode in the middle of the Dalek Master Plan, which is why that episode will probably never be found again, because nobody would keep a Christmas episode from the 1960s. Well, thank you that for that brilliant historical insight. Doesn't make any sense, but all right. Coming back to the modern era, we're, we're starting even a new era within the era. This is the David Tennant era. You know, really? we, have, we have David back, but we have our consistencies. You know, we have. Uh, Rose, we have Jackie, we have Mickey in the mix. They've been in there from the beginning. And, you know, we welcome back, you know, the Prime Minister as well, right. Harriet. Um, and I, I love pretty much all these characters. I think they've been developed well. And I think it's it's really good to have them all shine in a place where I, I think it seems like by tradition, whenever there's a fr- fresh regeneration, the doctors kind of push to the side of the episode. Um, you know, it's very consistent that, you know, he's gone for two thirds of it and comes in kind of to swoop in and save the day as soon as he finds himself. Um, or the zero of him. <laughs> sure. Um, the tea. He needs some tea. But yeah, I thought this was a gripping episode and you're right. It had some seriousness. It had some lightness. You know, we're throwing back to the, to the past and we're seeing some foreshadowing of the future. 
for me, this was a great episode. Um, I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. Wow. All right. Kelsey. Um, I liked this episode. I thought it was, like, a fun episode and kind of a nice transition because, I mean, the end of last season was pretty dark. The Doctor dies and Rose almost dies and Jack dies and then gets brought back to life and then abandoned. And so, I mean, you kind of are, are left with, like, a little bit of a bitter taste in your mouth at the end of that. And then this one's a little more lighthearted. You get introduced to a new Doctor. And they really, like, gave him a lot of emotions to go through. So you get a little, like, a pretty, like, quick glance at what his personality is going to be. He starts off with, like, like pretty goofy, but then was, like, pretty quick to flip a switch into more serious and then, you know, sorts it out and then gets goofy again. And so you can tell that he his personality is pretty different than The Last Doctor. But he also knows, you know a lot of stuff from the last his last regeneration so like as somebody who hasn't really seen a regeneration happening before like it's it's an interesting view and kind of sets up the season for I think just in general seeming a little bit lighter and less dark than with the previous doctor or at least less like broody I guess um it was a fun episode the plot was like you know I felt Mostly like a throwaway plot, but until the end when the Prime Minister blew it up, then I felt like that was a nice transition into like a more serious, what I'm assuming is a theme that's going to be like continuing throughout the series. Um, So yeah, I'm excited to see more of this season, which we probably won't for a little while, but I guess I would give this one an 8.5. All right. Um, yeah, I really liked this episode as well. Um, I agree with Kelsey that really, like, the main epic part of it was right at the end with, you know, Harriet Jones blowing up the spaceship and the Doctor confronting her on it. Um, it was, you know, like a standard sort of regeneration story where the Doctor's kind of figuring himself out, but it it was fun. Um, I thought that, yeah, the plot wasn't you know, masterful or anything, but it was definitely entertaining. Uh, and uh, I was kind of surprised that nobody mentioned the, uh, the, uh, where, the, uh, where's, uh, where's Jim? Because they had all met him before and stuff. Um, but, you know, yeah, I thought it was, uh, it was good. It was lighthearted. It was fun and entertaining. I'm going to give this one an eight. It must have been an off-camera thing. They, they probably asked about him when we weren't there. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um... You know, I have to really think about where the Christmas invasion kind of fits in with all the other Christmas specials, where it fits in with the other episodes. This is a lighthearted romp, which is kind of good for a Christmas episode, but I always felt like Christmas episodes were kind of contrived in a way. They weren't really plot heavy. They were... and. But the other problem I have with this one is that this is supposed to be David Tennant's first story. The problem is, is that David Tennant's pretty much not in this story. <laughs> so as far as that's concerned, that gave me, a, that gives it a big minus for my opinion, in my opinion. Because I think New Earth, which is the next episode, really technically counts as David Tennant's first episode. Um, and so 
typically when you have a new doctor, you want to see that doctor in action. They did a really fine job with Matt Smith, Peter Capaldi, and, and even Jodie Whittaker. But they didn't – but for David, it's like, oh, well, we've got a new doctor, but we're going to let him be asleep for the whole episode. Um, I mean that's happened in the past with different doctors like John Pertwee was asleep for half of an episode or so. But they, he got to do a lot more in the full story. So it's just for me it's – that's that's a negative. I also felt like this story – I don't know. I think maybe they were trying to cram too much in all at the same time because you've got the – I don't think the pilot fish or the Santa Clauses were necessary yeah, they totally with the Sycorax. <laughs> and so, I mean – It made it so Christmassy though. I know, but that's like forcing Christmas in your throat, so to speak. I mean, just having them come back at Christmas time is good enough. So I don't know. I'm going to give this a 6.5 out of 10. Oh, Wow. Um, I don't think that this quite lives up to the potential that it could have, but it's also fun. And so it's not like terrible. It's not like the, the worst that I've seen. It's not Paradise Towers. It, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not Time Flight or Horns of Nylon or anything like that. Um, but yeah, no, it just. You don't like Horns of Nylon? It's an the av- acting was so good. <laughs> it's an average kind of story. So with that in mind, um, we'll. Uh, that's it. That's Merry it. Christmas, everyone. Yep. Have a Merry Christmas. This is our last episode of 2019, and we will all see you again with Jodie Whittaker's first episode of the new season starting in January, hopefully around January 2nd. Until then. See you next year. Bye, y'all. Bye. Adios.